Hey, what's up? It's Ed Gallo. I'm here for another episode of Resume Review. This time it's going to focus on Demetrius Johnson, the uh, greatest MMA flyweight of all time and one of the top five greatest MMA fighters ever, pound for pound. So it's going to be a good one. I'm going to focus on three of his uh, his best wins. Maybe not necessarily like the three best ones, but just three that I think are interesting. And uh, I'm going to evaluate how much each of them means to his legacy. That's kind of the point of resume review. If you haven't watched before, I've done a bunch of these on Patreon, uh, like 30 something of them at this point. Um, if you can find all the fights together. And basically the idea is that I'm looking at the opponent. If so, if you beat somebody, how impressive is that win? Is it based on what you did to them or is it based on, you know, how good were they? How hard were they to beat? And I feel like styles, really impact how people evaluate how impressive a performance was. If like I'm a striker, for example, I'm a pressure fighter and I go off on somebody and I finish them that way. Aesthetically, that's very impressive. I'm Anderson Silva and I'm, you know, a very selective counter puncher. I don't do much, but I knock someone out in a very flashy way. That's very aesthetically impressive. But if I'm like Kamar Usman and I fence hold someone for five rounds, but they can't do anything to stop me. Are people going to say that's a less impressive way to win? Is that a, a worse performance? Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's a weird way to evaluate fights. Uh, I think uh, a more objective way to do it, well, it's all subjective really, but a better way to do it in my eyes is to weigh how hard was the opponent to beat? You know, how how difficult was it for you to pull that off? And not just weighing in your style, but considering like, how are th- how is the opponent trying to win? What is their win condition? How are they approaching that? How do their attributes weigh into it? How do their skills weigh into it? You know, decision-making, everything. How 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 good was their attempt to win that fight? And if you beat them, that's what makes it impressive. Uh, so that, that considers everything. It's very holistic. You can talk about physical factors, you can talk about technical factors. Everything plays into it. So I like that style of, of evaluation. Uh, it's personally what I prefer. And then, you know, I take a fighter's resume and I look at how many wins they have that I consider quality based on that uh, evaluation. And then I add them together and I, I create rankings based on those wins. So that's a whole system I have. Maybe someday I will show you the full list. Probably not because people are just going to be freaking crazy about it and I don't want to deal with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, DM me if you have questions about a specific fighter, I'll definitely tell you. Um, we can argue about it, but I don't really want to argue about it. I'd just rather watch the fights. But a lot of these I made <clears throat> based on memory and not watching the fights. So it's really fun going back and watching the fights again more recently. And coming up with the evaluations again and seeing if I stuck with it. If you watched the George St. Pierre resume review series, I did five episodes of that, watched almost all of his UFC wins. And I ended up sticking pretty close with my original evaluations off of memory, which is pretty cool. So that could be confirmation bias perhaps, or maybe I'm just really smart. Who knows? So I'm going to be doing some DJ fights here before I get into it like to advertise to you. <laughs> so if you're listening on a podcast app right now, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you are not a patron of the fight site, you're just going to hear audio. Uh, so I'm going to talk through the fights, but at some point I might, you know, rewind and rewatch something or slow it down or do a little bit of a technical breakdown on something specific. I'm going to be doing analysis the whole time. That's how you evaluate a fighter is, is through analysis. But you could obviously, like, if you have a Fight Pass account, you could pull it up and watch the fights along with me, and you wouldn't really need the video. But for, like, more of the breakdown stuff and just, you know, other content that I might not be posting on podcast apps, which it exists, uh, <laughs> you should you should definitely subscribe to the fight set on Patreon. 
$3 will get you all that exclusive content. And there's a lot of it. Uh, and recently I did some spring cleaning and I organized all the content. So now when you go to our Patreon page, you can actually see the posts are categorized. So uh, all the alternate commentaries, all the resume reviews, all the other types of uh, exclusive content, you can find where they are. So that's pretty nice. Um, $3 is the minimum at $5. You get that stuff and you get access to our discord server, which is a nice little community. And if you know us from Twitter or YouTube or something like that, you might not have be part of the community. You might not have access if you're you know, a Twitter user, but you don't, you just don't like it. You just rather have like a private chat. Our discord server is a really nice way to do that. And we discuss all combat sports and also like music and movies and games and <laughs> lots of stuff. And, uh, Pretty much every fight night, there's a voice chat, which goes off, and it's pretty crazy. I, I'm recording commentaries usually, so I'm not in there, but uh, they have a good time, and, and they all seem to like each other and have fun, so I think that'd be a cool thing to join. So that's $5, and then $10 is for podcast topic requests, like 15, 20 minutes minimum of us discussing, discussing the pot, uh, oh God, discussing the topic of your choice. Oh, geez, it's been a long day. Um, had a lot of appointments today, did a lot of talking. That's okay. Uh, so beyond ten dollars, it's all the custom content requests. So like a video or like a something like this, like a film review. Uh, that's twenty dollars for me to watch a bunch of fights for you and, and give you my thoughts. Uh, like the Kai Asakura one that we did recently, that was a, a Patreon request for a twenty dollar tier. And uh, there there will be others for sure. So article requests, video requests, it's all there. It's all on the Patreon account. So if you want to browse that, but. I, I highly recommend doing that. It would mean a lot to us because that is the entire subsistence subsistence of the site is our Patreon subscriptions. Um, that is all of the money that we make. People don't really buy the merchandise. The website isn't monetized. We don't run ads on the website because it'd be a pain in the ass uh, for you and for us. I'm not trying to annoy you. Just just want to you know set up this one way. So trying to get as many patrons as possible and uh the youtube channel you know maybe that makes money but not really uh so really the only way that we get to pay our writers and keep them invested and motivated to produce more content is through patreon so please please do that to support our staff and you know you get something in return you get content so that's that's my advertisement but one more thing is we have a current fundraising goal i'm super bummed out because so we set this goal of 200 patrons at 200 patients, we're going to release a special article series about our top five UFC fights of all time, uh, break down articles and like articles analytically about those fights. And then also we're going to release commentary videos on each one. And it's going to be super fun and the fights are great and it's going to be excellent content. So as a 200 patrons, I announced that goal and we got like 160 something patrons and all throughout the last month, we got really close. We were like uh, three or four patrons away from 200 I thought we were going to get it this week. And then the month rolled around on Patreon and like 20 people unsubscribed. And it was, it was such a bummer. It hurt so bad. Uh, so we're in the seventies now. So I guess since beginning the goal, now we're up like 10. Uh, but, oh my God. So I'm going to try to post as much as I can to encourage you guys to subscribe. So if you're listening to this on the podcast app and you enjoy the work and you're a fan, please just $3, uh, you know, cancel after a month. I don't care. Help us get to our goal. Cause it was just such a heartbreaker uh, to almost get there. And then, have it ripped ripped away uh it hurt it hurt real bad so gives our staff a little more time to to perfect their articles but i'm hoping by the end of april we'll, we'll hit that goal okay that's it that was probably a long time of me talking and not doing fight breakdowns i apologize but I had to get that all out there and do it every time get used to it okay 
Demetrius Johnson, greatest flyweight of all time. This weekend, he is fighting uh, at one championship. They had a little flyweight tournament. He beat uh, Yuya Wakamatsu, uh, submitted him. I Actually, I thought that was one of his toughest opponents, honestly. Uh, him and uh, Tatsumitsu Wada, they, they were both pretty tough. Uh, Danny King had, I was a little less impressed with. And I just watched another Danny King had fight today uh, to evaluate Adriana Marias, who is a great grappler, great top player, but the rest of his game is... Uh, not totally there. So I think, uh, yeah, one championship flyweights and bantamweights are, are decent. Like Bibiano Fernandez is good. And like, uh, some of their other guys, there are good, but I don't know. I think TJ is, as long as he's in decent physical condition, he's going to, he's going to do just fine. Uh, so he beat those guys. He, he's won three in a row and one so far. Now he's fighting for the title against Marais and, uh, yeah, to prepare for that or, you know, celebrate him in honor of his fight week. I'm going to watch some fights, uh, People suggested all sorts of fights for me to watch for DJ, and I definitely listened to those suggestions, but there are two factors that played in. One is I didn't want to watch three five-round fights because that is just painful. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm never going to do it. Uh, I'm going to run out of steam. I did too many five-round fights for the GSP commentary, and I'm out of steam. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, another thing is that I am planning on doing a separate commentary video for essentially robberies, fights that I think have questionable decisions. And there are two of those on, on DJ's resume that I definitely think uh, are worth checking out. Uh, the Miguel Torres fight at UFC 130 way back in the day when he saw Bantamweight. And uh, his last UFC fight against Henry Cejudo, the rematch, I thought that decision was extremely questionable because basically I feel like if, it, if it's clear enough that it's a robbery, I will take the, the points of that win and I will give it to the person that I thought won the fight. Um, I will attribute them that win. I did it with George St. Pierre uh, to give his, uh, his Johnny Hendricks fight. I gave that to Hendricks. I put that on Hendricks' resume. I won't pull, you know, if someone's already an all-time great for top five, I'm not going to pull them down because of one decision that might not go on their way because if it was close enough for them to get the decision, that's a very impressive performance on my part. And it's, it's, a, it's a credit to their resume. But the other person should also be getting credit and it doesn't work if I don't give them a win. So it's just kind of a system like that. So I think uh, both of those fights are going to end up on a future episode. Um, so what I'll do for you is I'll watch four fights. Uh, two of them will be quick finishes um, and two of them will be five rounders. So first one I'm going to do is the Joseph Benavidez inaugural title fight at UFC 152. This was at the end of the flyweight tournament. Uh, it, it was pretty interesting because Mighty Mouse fought Ian McCall twice. Uh, the first time, I thought Ian McCall looked pretty good. Uh, he was he was definitely troubling Mighty Mouse with some of his footwork and the way his, his he was disguising the entries. He was wrestling offensively. He's pretty heavy on top. Uh, and, you know, takedown defense and, you know, bottom grappling has always been one of DJ's weaknesses. Not really a weakness, but, uh, you know, not one of his stronger points. He definitely exploited that well. In the rematch, I thought McCall was way more flat. Uh, and it had a weird strategy. It just looked like he didn't want to expend the energy that he did um, the first time. He didn't want to do that again. He, he didn't have the energy to do that fight, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I thought he looked a lot worse. But, uh, yeah, that, that set him up for the, the title. Um, and I think Benavidez only had the one fight as well. He beat uh, Arushitani. He knocked him out in the first round. Uh, not much issue there. So this is a uh, Dwayne Ludwig era, Joseph Benavidez. And this is a you know full-time fighter, <laughs> Demetrius Johnson, to both of them in a new stage of their career down at flyweight. And I'm going to be evaluating. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be analyzing the fight generally, but I'm going to be evaluating Joseph Benavides to 
weigh the victory. And I'm also going to try to score the fight because I remember there being some dispute. Uh, I don't remember giving it to Joseph Benavidez, but we'll see. Uh, so if you're watching along at home on Fight Pass, I have the fight video up now. They just touch gloves in the middle. Not the fight isn't starting yet. They just touch gloves in the middle. My, uh, my Fight Pass video is at about 9.08, as I said that. I'll tell you what the clock says in the fight once they touch gloves. Okay. They didn't touch gloves, but the clock is coming up. It's at 56, as I just said that. So there you go. So right now we have a closed stance matchup, and already Benavidez is very aggressive. Trigger on the counter. He had a straight counter off uh, DJ's kick there. Trying to flurry it and push forward. So we'll see what Benavidez wants to do here. A little, little shift feints forward to close the distance. Good round kicking to try to cut off DJ's exit. He was out of range. Overhand counter to DJ's level change. Tries a club in there with an overhand and gives up an underhook. Uh, nice circle and away, pushing off on the bicep to create distance there. A lot happening in this fight. Good wrist control there to circle him back. Impressive to circle him with the wizard like that. Benavides must be very strong. He switched off to the collar tight, landed a good knee on the break. So a lot of exchanges here. So he's definitely looking to pressure and counter Johnson. If you remember Benavidez's fights with uh, Dominic Cruz, he did a really good job of cutting off Cruz's exits with the uh, round attacks, hooks, and, and uh, low kicks. He did a great job with that. So Benavidez is just hooky in general, but he's definitely looking to cut off DJ in, in a similar way, pressure forward, hit him on, on the exits, and, uh, and push him straight back. So now he's pushing him with the underhook here. DJ trying to blade his stance to make it harder to uh, pin him against the cage. No wizard there, just kind of reaching over. He's pushing off hard in the bicep, creating distance. I'm sure he's very strong. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the way he pivoted off and turned there and hit that knee on the break. They're both super physical. If you watched uh, or listened to the commentary, oh, nice, double jab in, right hook to the body, left hook on the, on the top, on the break, on his way out. So he threw that hook to the body to get DJ coming out, well, to land it, but also to get DJ coming out to the left side and closed off the exit of the left hook. So it was a nice combination there. Yeah, people say that Benavides is only like run forward my head swinging hooks. Like he just double jabbed into a body shop and shot and came back up top. He's definitely better. And that's kind of the, what I wanted to get at is if you listen to the commentary about uh, the Ascara fight, Shriram and I were trying to put our finger on like what's different for Joe B now that he's older. And I think he just was physically very strong and had great muscular endurance and he was very springy and had a lot of energy and it was required for his style and, you know, becoming slower and having to be a little more methodical and, you know, not being as, as physically imposing. It changed a lot for him. Obviously the same can be said for DJ, but DJ has weightless holes. Uh, he hit that little uh, right hook counter that he ends up knocking him out in the rematch with right there. Not all of Benavidez leads are responsible. You know, he did hit that double jab entry, but he also sometimes just does kind of, you know, faints forward with his hands out. Uh, and that's, that's a pretty good way to get countered. He's been successful putting, oh, tries to spinning back fist off the, off the exit there. Um, he's been pretty successful push, pushing DJ back. He's also eaten a few counters. He's missed a bunch. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of success grappling on the cage, but ooh, nice counter by Benavidez there. So he's got counters prepared. He's got interesting leads prepared. He's got round tools to cut off the exits. He's trying to wrestle on the cage. His pummeling on the cage is looking really good. 
it's a great game plan. Um, he, he clearly has the skills and the good ideas to, to pull this one off. And DJ is very difficult to beat. So it's not like it's going to look pretty. Tries to time the shot off the, uh, off the knee there and DJ creates separation. If I went back and broke down everything that happened, it would take forever. <laughs> and DJ getting a little smarter, kicking to keep distance, hand fighting a little bit on his exits to, ooh, DJ came up with a straight. Benavides slipped off and countered to the body. There's another dip encounter for Benavides. I mean, DJ's got a great chin, man. Fairly affects him. Now they're in open stance, a lot more hand fighting. But then he can kind of time the rear hand a little better and Oh, he hit that right hook counter again, the one that knocked him out, but this ate it. Something I've noticed, though, is that Benavidez uh, has been leading with his rear hand and getting out of range a bit. Oh, terrible shot there. <laughs> and uh, DJ circles off pretty easily most of the time, so he's throwing out those, like, throwaway leads and, and kicking kicking round to anticipate the exit. So a lot of his strategy is about uh, corralling DJ into these round attacks. They're very similar to his game plan against Cruz. Difference being DJ is way less predictable in that motion and uh, a smaller target, one that can get under him and outspeed him. He landed on the lead there, but DJ uh, pushed him off and pivoted out. This is crazy. Tries to headlock there and slips through. Benavidez's scrambling style, it's so high school wrestling. Like him throwing a headlock really exemplifies that he's, he is, he's a folk style high schooler. <laughs> that is... He's good at it. It's good for MMA, and he's practiced that style very, very diligently, but that's that's what you see at lower levels for sure. <laughs> we got them in the corner now. Trying to listen to Matt Hume. So Matt Hume is uh, telling DJ to push the issue a little bit more on the counter that Benavides is throwing himself out of position a lot and that he has a lot of opportunities to land counters and he, he needs to, you know, plant his feet and, and throw uh, when he has Benavides chasing him and to counter in combination as well because he's got him in, in tough, tough spots and he should be exploiting them more. I think that's good advice for sure. Joe Rogan praising the footwork of, of Mighty Mouse, uh, the movement of Mighty Mouse, but I mean Benavides has done a really good job cutting him off when he does when he does move. <laughs> well, out of range there with the low kick, yeah. So Mighty Mouse is putting him off of this strategy by, you know, countering his attacks that are supposed to draw out the uh, the circling movement. Whew, whew. All right, let's let's go back. Here's a good situation to break down. So uh, Benavidez throws low, and uh, I think he eats the counter. Ends up in this underhook situation. So for people listening on podcast, I just paused it. We're at 442 at the round. I'm going to watch it back at one-fourth speed. So Benavidez in this underhook situation here. Uh, DJ looking like he wants the wizard on, on his left side and on his right side uh, to just stop that pummel to the body lock. He's going to push off on the forearms and the elbow and push that down, uh, slide it up down his body instead of pushing straight back. And he looks like he's going to circle to that wizard side. Let's see what he does here. Creating distance. He's pushing off on the bicep now as Benavidez pushes him in. Benavidez lands the knee there. Oh, big, big knee to the open side there from DJ. Pushing off of that bicep. And he's uh, 
I guess because Benavides is trying to push in so hard in the underhook and DJ is pushing off in the bicep, that's causing this angle where he's, you know, really side, side on, uh, which opens up that space for the knee on this side. Let's see if he hits it again. I guess he just uh, continued to push off in the bicep and created enough of an angle where he only really had that one leg controlled and it gave him a window to circle out. He's not going to attack the knee there yet. But once he gets that angle and the arm is free, he doesn't need it against the underhook anymore. He switches right off to the double collar tie, single collar tie rather, hits that knee on the break. <laughs> just a bit of awareness to, I know it was kind of a loopy, crazy counter, but just to, to get just enough out of the way there, and try to hook off the break and uh, his hook turns into a uh, little collar tie there as he tries to throw, keeps that collar tie knee on the break, pushes off. These exchanges, there's so many exchanges like this, so there's just a lot happening. It just speaks to, you know, people say it's like a speed, you know, people that having all these high level exchanges where a lot happens, it's just, you know, being small, it's, it's working your freaking ass off, honestly, because to have the muscle memory to do the right things and high pace exchanges like that over and over again, you have to be so dedicated in the gym to, to, to develop that. There is a good example of Benavidez getting him moving straight back and uh, chopping his leg. And there's a good slip counter with a hook from Benavidez. So he's doing a great job. Obviously he has some mechanical def deficiencies. He's not perfect everywhere. Um, but he, you know, with his skill set, he's approaching this fight in a very intelligent way. Um, so you can criticize the way he, Oh, there's another nice uh, check hook slipping offline check hook counterpunch there from Benavidez. He can criticize the way he tries to close distance. It's uh, it, can, it can be pretty reckless, but uh, there's a lot of craft to it. There's, you know, what it creates, the way he exploits those situations after he, he does it. Um, very good. And the straight push on, on the uh, closing distance is actually pretty nice. So you can catch any counter punches with your hands. And if the idea isn't to land necessarily on that lead, but to create movement to exploit, that's a pretty good idea. He's, uh, he's dipping his head off a lot in response to DJ's counter attempts. Oh, I see a triple hook catches him there. He's got a good read on that. I'm telling you, he's done it multiple times before. He's got a good read on fighting people like that, that if you try to fight him off the back foot, he can, he can catch you on the way out a bunch. He's super durable, so he can keep pushing that. And he's got great cardio, so he can keep pushing that. And there's another check hook counter. He's got a good read on DJ's leads, too. A little faint there. And Joe, <laughs> Joe Rogan is only talking about DJ. <laughs> Eats less straight there, but my body kicking. Another one. Yeah, you'd like to see Benavidez use his jab a little bit more for the strategy. It's worked well for him, level changing with the jab. But he wants to land hard, so that those rear hand counters are more attractive. It's a nice reactive single, but a good limp leg out there from DJ. That reactive single was in place. He just dropped where he was, so there wasn't a lot of drive on it. But against other people, he probably could have worked up from that. So yeah, leading with the hooks, trying to counter straight. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, catching off and, and corralling into, into straight lines or sending him in straight lines and then cutting off whatever the exit's going to be for Benavides. I'm telling you, if you want to see a lot of that, you definitely watch his fights with Dominic Cruz. He did such a good job. He definitely won the rematch, by the way, with Cruz. That, maybe that'll be uh, on my, uh, my robberies episode. <laughs> I believe the adjustment. Oh, nice. See, straight, straight entry and, and hook on the exit. Oh, that was a, a nice setup for the takedown, but great hips. Granby <laughs> rolled into the shot again. Good setup from Benavidez and just awesome hips from DJ and, and good response there. Good instincts. 
So yeah, hook straight is a very basic combination, but I mean, he's doing it for a reason. He's also going straight hook and he just has, has nice little combinations prepared for this. It's, it's a good example of ideas and execution being a lot more important than like the perfect mechanics and look good slip off and right hand counter there. Yeah, but I believe the adjustment that DJ makes is he starts using his reactive takedowns. There you go. Good timing on my part. Catches the kick and, uh, and wrestles to the back. Knee off the break there. Pushes off the uh, biceps to create separation. But yeah, I think yeah, DJ starts to lean on the reactive shot a lot more because of how often G Joe B is charging at him. Which leads to a whole bunch of fun grappling changes. I think the second half of the fight is much more grapply. Good hook counter to the leg kick. I've been too busy trying to see what's happening to score the fight. I think that's a, uh, that's tough, tough to do. <laughs> so I will not be scoring the fight. I lied. Level fake from DJ. Child feet uppercut from Joe Beats eats a jab on his way in and his feet loses his feet on that, uh, that entry. Horrendous, horrendous mechanics on that one. But then once he gets them in range, uh, good, good hook combo and clubs him over the head on the break there. Kick there. The commentators are really freaking out about that right hand off the break, saying it was like the best punch of the fight. They hit each other clean on counters a bunch of times, but judges and commentators will like have a really hard time seeing counters if they don't like rock somebody. <laughs> it's a shame because they've both been doing some really nice counter punching in this fight. In a way, I think Joby's counter punching is more impressive because DJ's not giving him as obvious things to counter, and uh, Joby's throwing a lot that could be countered. and uh, it hasn't happened as much, but of course, Joe B is a counter puncher and DJ uh, was not yet one. Speaking of impressive pressuring performances uh, involving this division and these guys, uh, Mighty Mouse versus Dominic Cruz is also a very good pressuring performance in the feet. Uh, Mighty Mouse was doing an awesome job. Same, same way as the Joe B was really against Cruz on the feet. So what annoys me is that uh, Garbrandt gets all the credit for being the one to like solve Cruz. On the feet, Joby did it twice, DJ did it, and then Cody did it. Um, they, they did basic fundamental kickboxing to end pressure tactics, and it worked on him. Problem was both of them are flyweights, and they got wrestled. That's really that's really as simple as it is. Uh, Cody, he couldn't wrestle, of course, and then, you know, he was a good counterpuncher, so he just forced him to lead and counterpunched him. Um, but, yeah, I hate the narratives surrounding Cruz because it's – very revisionist that they're forgetting a lot of the stuff that happened <laughs> earlier in the division. <laughs> Old Teep sidekick uh, from Benavides. Nice springing jab there. See, this that's good. That, that can definitely work for him. Using the jab to enter into the lead straight like that, he just needs to get, get, get those in there. Yeah, hand fighting into the body shot. Benavides is fighting with a lot of urgency in this round. And He's getting away from the rhythm of the first couple of rounds, and I wonder why, because I wasn't really listening to his corner. He's just a jumping roundhouse uh, on the exit. That's something he did against Cruz, and something Mighty Mouse also did against Cruz. <laughs> he seems a little bit more uh, nervous in this round. I'm not sure why. Maybe they told him he's not winning. I'm not sure. Parries the lead hand, tries to get the counter there. DJ doing a good job exiting laterally. Oh, catches the kick into the body lock again, but good recovery for Benavidez and 
spins on the escape to try to get moving forward to counter shoot. That's another high school trick trick tactic. <laughs> A lot of tricks uh, his wrestling are based around. I don't know why I said that like Yoda. <laughs> and DJ doing a good job pivoting out now, not letting those straights get him, get him pinned down against the cage. And trying to check jab and counter jab on the exits on the retreat when uh, Benavides tries to set up his round weapons. Yeah, I just feel like the point of Benavides' game is for what happens after you move. But if you can stop what happens beforehand and just shut down the initial entry, oh, a nice parry counter jab there from DJ, uh, then it really makes it worse, makes it harder for him to land. So, so DJ is pressuring him now, forcing him to lead, shutting down the initial lead and countering and resetting his position with circular footwork. It's it's good stuff. There's another check hook there. And then he's trying to pressure, walk him back a little bit more. That's a good adjustment from DJ too. And now that you kind of have that forward motion and you can predict his leads, oh, these counter jabs are awesome. Um, that, that'll also help set up reactive shots because you can kind of predict their entries a little bit more, you know, out of position as much on the back foot. Although if you're someone like Chad Mendez or you know other guys like that, you can set your feet pretty well for your shot on the back foot, but a lot easier to do it when you're already moving forward and you can see them coming at you. A nice uh, body straight lead from DJ, that could set up a takedown in the future as well. Oh, nice kick catch from Benavidez, good double. Oh, DJ peeling the hands beautifully there while he, while he runs out. So just Kimura there. Benavidez did a really good job sticking, sticking on the cage, trying to put that hook in. Oh, just awesome pummeling and hand fighting from DJ. Really good defensive wrestling. Oh, nice knee on the break from Joe B. That's what I'm talking about. Like, in the beginning, I said, like, the rate of execution of good techniques is insane. It's not just because they're small. It's because they are very, very, very good. Like, to be able to do that all the time, like, without fail, do the right things in those situations, uh, that is that is crazy. Yet to have be so experienced, so practiced. Nice body, uh, body head lead, but DJ backs out nice. Tries the uh, round kick lead. That was actually a pretty smart idea. His round kicking <laughs> mechanics are awful. Joby gets an eye poke, but uh, Eve Levine said he didn't see it, so they're not going to stop it. He's still trying to recover from it. Good jab leads from DJ. Little rock back. He runs into the counter there from Joby. Yeah, Joby doesn't have an especially explosive shot, uh, which is weird because he's a very explosive striker, but <laughs> his, his double is pretty, uh, pretty divey. Doesn't have a ton of drive on it. So DJ's been doing a good job just getting his hips back and not, not having to worry too much about those except the one off the caught kick. Oh, overhand counter to the kick there. Commentators didn't react at all. Nice hook off the break. So yeah, Mighty Mouse pressuring and getting those counters off earlier and just being more stingy with not letting Joe B set things up has made a huge difference. Very interesting. There's a good check hook there. All pivoting out. They're just talking about the speed difference. It's like it's not. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of other things you could talk about here. You know. 
I don't know, Joe Rogan. I just don't know. I don't know why you can't see the things that I see. Have I seen this fight several times? Yes, but you were a long-time commentator when this happened. I, I didn't know what was going on at that point. Do better. He's worse now. That's the thing. Like, at this point, like, his narratives were pretty basic. That was my issue with them. Now that it's wrong, he just, like, does not have a good understanding of what's happening in the fight. Okay. So, fourth round championship fight. Joe B working behind his lead hand a little bit more there. Pumping out that jab a little bit. Getting the hand checks out from DJ. Slipping the uh, the rear hand. That's good. Do not try a headlock again. I swear to God. <laughs> he just has to headlock again. So predictable. So predictable. If your opponent has an underhook, just headlock him every time. Yeah, the hand fight is, is definitely troubling Joe B because uh, it's allowing DJ to close, keep a closer distance and worry a little bit more about the, uh, the big shot. Not getting put out of position with his footwork before getting hit. Now he can just kind of hold his ground and uh, and not necessarily pocket box. Oh, huge hook counter off the kick. DJ shoots reactively and Joe B sprawls. Now he's got that guillotine arm in. Oh, no warm guillotine now. Ten finger. Gets on top. Gets sit on top of mount yet. Steps over. Hooks that rear leg. And this is one of my favorite mount escapes in MMA is that DJ gets out of this. Got that guillotine, trying to settle his hips down so he can arch his back. Now he's going to arch his back, working that. DJ's pushing off the cage, and he's going to keep shrimping his hips. Yeah, it's decently tight. Yeah, look at that. Look at him squirming. It's a really, you know, very insistent. Now he's kind of flattened out. Joby still has that mount. He's struggling to get his, uh, his arm back under the chin. Once he can get that under the chin, then he can start working his working his back again, but he's just trying to keep DJ's head planted so he can get, get under the chin. But right now he's just squeezing his face, and you can see DJ's also pulling his fingers to get that grip off. Now DJ's going to buck. Nice. Buck and go for the leg. It's a skate mount there. Joby covers on top, steps over to half guard. Cross body now trying to trap the head on the opposite side. Got the underhook pinning him down. Hips are pretty high, but that crossbody control is pretty solid as well. When he must try to get height, swimming in under the hips. It's the side control. Probably easier to escape side control than half guard, honestly. You have a lot more room to move your lower body. Should be control on that arm, but TJ going to spin out, I think, here. He's got that, that left arm free. Yep, ghost escape there. Stands up into the underhook. Nice job. Nice job by TJ. He got rocked real bad by uh, <laughs> by that hook off the kick. Now he's got a body lock. Joby's going to headlock him. Nope. Spin and spinning back fist. That one was too obvious because he already had the head. It's like, well, he knows I'm going to headlock him now. Spinning back fist. I'll never see it coming. See Joby give up his back there, trying to set up something, an arm spin there. <laughs> Too, too many – his wrestling is too based on tricks. I've been saying this. It's all, it's all like, sneaky stuff, like, oh, I'm going to lull you into a false sense of security and headlock you or arm spin you or whatever, uh, Granby. Like, you got to do normal stuff, too. And he knows how, clearly. 
bad recovery there, getting to his feet from Joe B, gives up rear standing. Money Mouse can pretty easily transition to a double here if he can get through that hand. That right arm's blocking. I would say the hardest part about commentary is trying to figure out which left or right people are using because uh, they're not always facing the same direction as so you got to think about it. Little lead hooks. Yeah, the lead hooks are probably going to come out more now for Joe Beeson since we dropped him with it. Oh my God, the reactive shot. Oh my God. <laughs> now that, that's the time where you can just uh, marvel over somebody's speed. I'm going to cry. That was so beautiful. So he sees Joe B resetting. Wants to probably scare him off from the cage. Plants his feet to throw. <laughs> Level change. Turns the corner, runs his feet. Hip down. Joe B's going to go to scramble up, pulling that leg. But I just want to see the shot again. It was stupid, crazy fast. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, good scramble by Joe B. But leg passing like that and a good round kick off the, to the body off the break by DJ. That was stupid. That was so stupid. Oh, my God. I'm still recovering from that. <laughs> like GSB had a really strong uh, drive on his reactive double. Um, he like blew people off their feet and he usually left his feet on the finish. But that was like a more traditional double leg and it was just gorgeous. I like actually hit the knee and turn the corner and uh, I like that more. I like that a lot more. He's got a great one. <laughs> Again, runs right into his hips and pulls him in and drives through. Oh my God. And look how he hopped over to pass the side control. Jesus Christ. <laughs> to be able to do that in the fourth round, at the end of the fourth round, in like a really tough, high-paced fight, like, what are you? What are you? You might have the best cardio in MMA history. You talk about, like, Max, people like that, but, but Max's style, definitely cardio-intensive. He's definitely very active, but doing that costs way more energy than, you know, throwing a, a combination. That's nuts. That's nuts. So you probably still get that round of Benavidez, right? Because he dropped him, but that was an amazing round, round four of this fight. I'm going to start mentioning that in terms of great rounds. Um, yeah, I mean, hit the knee, drove through, and uh, got the hand trapped. Got the hand trapped against the leg. That was why he could take his time on that finish. Joe B couldn't hand fight. <laughs> so Joe B has fought a great fight. He's just up against something else. Honestly, he, he's done a really good job. And I, I rated this fight. I rated him as a, as a B win for sure. I think high, but close to B plus territory. I stand by that. I think Joe B has done an amazing job and his attributes and his game plan and his toughness and everything together makes him an extremely tough fighter to beat. That's why in his prime only Cruz and DJ beat him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's why it took great slash big fighters to, to do it. Um, he's an all-time great for sure. Joseph Benavidez, he's very, very good at this. Um, you know, makes mistakes, sure, but his game is close to optimized when it comes to what his skills are and how he uh, how he tries to implement them. Tries to counter off the kick there. I haven't been given round times, but I assume we've all, all just been watching straight through based on the uh, <laughs> starting it from the same point. I did reset a couple times. We're at the... We're at 431 of round five, as I said that, if that's helpful for you. Yeah, Joby's tired. <laughs> Joby's tired. He, he's 
getting kind of loopy with his uh, his punching and not necessarily like in a round way, but like his mechanics are falling apart even more. Uh, and he he's a uh, oh nice reactive shot. Oh, huge lift. Oh my god. It's just like the speed at which he's changing levels. You can't even get your underhooks in. You can't even like react properly because he's already so deep in your hips. Huge mat return. Huge pop there. Back to rear standing. Nice kick off the break. Just his conditioning is a cheat code, like that he can still turn it on harder in round four and five and be more dialed in later in the fight. Like that's that's stupid. That's not fair. <laughs> I don't know. I was saying I, I talk about like people that would beat Demetrius Johnson at size parity, like assuming all things are, are equal otherwise, but like I don't know, man. <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. Like GSP was one in particular room. Like I think GSP would take him down because that's kind of like his one of his issues, but now I don't know. Depends on which which DJ, I guess. I almost hit that same exact hook he dropped him with earlier, but DJ got his head back that time. The way he's oh, 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 <laughs> chapping and slipping. Oh my god, that whole sequence, that whole sequence. What the hell? Let's go back. All right, so we're two forty three in the round right now. Let's go back a few seconds. So what I wanted to point out before he amazed me was that we're at about three minutes now he's pressuring in the pocket and he's fighting the hands and, and catching the hands and checking the hands so well he can just stay in check the hands check the hands jab uh and then anything he can get off easily like a jab anything quick he's slipping that off to the side if you're trying to load up he's checking the hands checking the hands he's making it so annoying and it's staying 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 look at that that dart back jabs in hooks slips off jabs after he pivots and then comes in to, to restart the whole process again. Benavides is on the swing on you, man. And then reactive shot. So let's watch it all one more time. Three minutes. Nice hook off the break there. <laughs> I'm going to clip that for sure. Oh, my God. What the hell? What the hell? This dude. So this is like his second fight training full time. What a monstrosity. Good uh, escape there from Ben. If he does that side control and uh, TJ getting his hips flat. He's holding front headlock here. Back up to his knees. Going to try to hit him off the break here, I assume. Oh, it just breaks off. About two minutes left in the fifth round here. Yeah, I don't... I don't know if Ben has won the first or second round. You'd have to give him both of them because... uh. Definitely losing this round. And then, uh, actually, I don't know. I guess you'd you'd give him round four based on the knockdown. As, but you can't give him this one. So somewhere between ones round rounds one through three, you'd have to find another one to give him. Another two to give him, rather. Uh, which I think is probably a harder harder sell. <laughs> And there's a, this is a clear round. Like, even with the knockdown, I think that round is still kind of debatable in round four. This is a very clear DJ round, so um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how people scored it. Benavides just doesn't have a lot in the tank anymore at this point. 
a nice reactive single there. I think he hit him in the <laughs> kicked him in in the cup there off the off the break from the single. See now he can just move straight back, and Benavidez doesn't have the uh, the juice to uh, put him out of positions and, and rounds exploit him. Nice uh, shot into the punches there. We'll set up. DJ's kind of coasting now. He's not being as smart. Just going straight back, but he can get away with it. Only a minute left. Checking the hands again. Big, big reaching shot from Benavidez. Not very good. Nice reactive single there. Good stuff in the head from Benavidez coming up to the wizard. Fighting hands. Good defense. Definitely good defense. Fighting the wrist. Going to try spinning back this off the break. Nice, nice uh, parry and check hook there from DJ. And, oh, he's holding the collar well on that, but he definitely got nailed off the break there by Benavidez. Good durability saves on there. Good reactive entry to rear standing. Tries a knee off the body lock. Pushing on that bicep. It's on the shoulder. Keeping good pressure in the clinch. <laughs> a little back fist, uh, check back fist off the, uh, the entry from Benavidez. Yeah. That was a uh, that was crazy impressive. From both of them, it was double, double impressive from DJ. That that was insane. <laughs> oh my god, um, that fight started good, but then you know once DJ started picking up and mixing in his offensive wrestling a little bit more, I was just blown away. Uh, knocked me dead. So that was great. Uh, Benavidez is also great and amazing and uh, unfair to him that he had to exist at the same time uh, as these great fighters. But looking looking at DJ's resume, I have him as the number three greatest fighter of all time right now based on wins. Um, this fight was in 2012. I gave Joseph Benavidez an 84. I, I'm going to bump that up, I think. I gave him a higher score in the rematch despite it being a quick knockout because he Joby had improved. Uh, in that time, but I'm going to go just 86 symbolically because I, I just think he was really good there. Um, that, that was great. That was really great. Um, wow. Okay, so <laughs> that's that fight. Uh, next, we are going to watch the rematch in 2013, one year later. Let me pull that up. Okie dokie. I got it pulled up here. If you are on the fight pass video, I'm at uh, 8.35 right now. They're getting instructions in the center. This was a, I think this headlined a fight night card. Just, you know, say what you will about the UFC's ability to market flyweight. I think that's a good idea. Don't just put them on pay-per-views, put them on TV. Try to, but it, like, it does send the message that they're less important, that they're not on pay-per-view. But, you, you know, in good faith, you, you could argue that they were just trying to give them more free exposure. Um but yeah, Benavides had had scored a couple of knockouts in between these fights. He was looking good under Bang. Uh, definitely made some improvements. And here you see him with the high guard and kicking off uh, DJ's DJ's entries there. There's construction happening outside, and I don't know if you can hear that on my <laughs> on my recording. But I apologize if you can. Couldn't hear it last time. But yeah, countering the leads of DJ a little bit more, sitting back a little bit more. Um, that, that's been good. Is kicking on his entries. I like that. And there are any like huge things to fix with Benavides. It's just like per situation, there there are definitely things to to touch up and a lot more committed and disciplined on his uh on his entry there with the straights and you know triple straights, a lot more body entries too. That's good from from Benavides. 
go to crawl space, then stuffs the head on the shot and limp legs out. Good defense there from Benavides. Another body entry from, from Benavides. Misses though. Shifts into the uh, combination, hits a little kick on the outside, turns into a knee. Pushing forward with the hands then, then shooting off the hands. It's a little bit more disciplined here from Benavides. And there he kicks on the, on the, on the exit. So basic same idea, just trying to fix things up a bit, get a little more safe on his leads, a little more effective on his leads. There's a long straight entry. Just hook off the break there. But DJ checking the hands well, definitely seeing the entries coming. And the 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 punch he knocks him out with, he, he hit it a bunch of times in the first fight. There was a good counter from Benavides on DJ's entry, kicking a little bit to encourage him to close the distance from further away. Yeah, Benavidez using a lot of hand fighting, a lot of hand checking to, to get himself into range because it's a little safer. And getting down behind his straights a little bit more on those entries, that's also smart, a little more mechanically safe. Not that one, though. <laughs> get a body hook entry, and DJ pivots out. Oh, jab hook. Damn. Damn. Murders him. Whew. I think he caught him throwing. He came with the jab. He got him countering and, and, and hooked because uh, a lot of uh, DJ's counter attempts in combinations in the first fight, I think, were hooks. I mean, were straights, rather. Straights and jabs, and Benavidez is doing a good job slipping off and countering. So if you get someone slipping a lot, you hook to that side. Um, let's bounce forward a little bit. See the replay. Checks the hands. So, yeah, not a jab. Checks hands, and then and then Ray hook. And... Benavides is very uncomfortable <laughs> in that in that situation. What can I tell you? Uh, I was trying to lean back and, and hook with him. And it just clearly, uh, it was off the kick, too. He's trying to recover his stance. He's trying to get him off of him and throw that check hook. It was a mistake for sure from Benavides. Uh, but also just like unfair that he can only, he can't make that as many mistakes, uh, considering how many mistakes they're both able to make the first time. Just one little slip up this time. DJ puts him down. Um, pretty crazy. So based on, other fights from Benavidez in between these two fights. That's kind of how I derive my rating because he looked fine here. It's just, it wasn't any worse of a mistake than he made a million other times in the first fight. It was pretty basic stuff. Um, but you know, you have to consider that Benavidez got better in that fight in between fights and he's approaching it pretty well, uh, despite it ending a lot sooner and being a less competitive fight. So don't, don't let people tell you that. Don't let people tell you that like, oh, someone got knocked out quickly or, you know, whatever the result was versus another result, that that is what determines how good a fighter is. You just need to watch the fights and see what happens and weigh everything against each other and look at the context around everything. So uh, between these fights, uh, he knocked out, oh, he beat Ian McCall, uh, Benavidez did, then he knocked out Darren Uyanayama, and then he beat out, knocked out Formiga. Uh, so that's when he became much more body attacky. And uh, definitely refined his game a bit. Um, yeah, in that first uh, DJ fight, that was his fourth fight in the UFC. So he's definitely still developing. I know that he had a whole WC career before that, but he's more of a prospect, even though he was fighting for a title. Um, definitely way more developed to that point. And then after that fight, he goes on a crazy one, two, three, four, five, six fight win streak. Um, so Benavides was, was approaching around around his prime there it's a very impressive win i rated it in 89 i feel pretty good about that still i think it was about as good as he was going to be he's pretty much in his prime form dj just 
knew him really well and had had the counters picked out. Okay, so next we are going to watch two years later, uh, DJ's fight with Kyoji Horiguchi. Uh, this one, because I haven't seen it in a while, I just think it's an underrated performance from my memory. I think uh, Horiguchi actually does a pretty decent job, and it might allow us to see a little bit more of uh, DJ's weaknesses on the feet rather than being wrestled, because I know a lot of people were like, oh, DJ's weakness is that you can take him down. But I remember Horiguchi actually doing pretty well on the feet, but I don't think I've ever rewatched it. I think I only watched it when it happened, and then that was it. So we're going to see here. If you're watching on the Fight Pass video, I'm at 1337 right now. They're in the middle of getting their instructions. These touch gloves went back. And Horiguchi is super young in his UFC career at this point. Like, did not, should not have been fighting for a title. So anything he does is impressive here. Um, but I remember this being a quality win for DJ, just, just despite that. Although I think, you know, a more developed, mature Horiguchi that we saw later, especially in Ryzen, would have been very interesting. So the 4.53 on my, on my clock, as I said that. DJ working harder to match Horiguchi's distance, a lot of in and out from Horiguchi, a lot of faint entries, circling out well, getting a low stance, long lead hand kicking, the open stance. That's all good stuff from Horiguchi. Really springy jab. He just tried to check the hands there. EJ reacting a lot more to Horiguchi than he does to, to others. Is Horiguchi so active on the outside with his feints? His body kicks. That's the thing. A lot of DJs, there you go, long, long right hand from Horiguchi. A lot of DJ's responses uh, kind of set him up to be kicked. That that's a good matchup for Horiguchi on the feet. Horiguchi circles out there. Doesn't get as far from the cage as you'd like, but definitely gets himself from that spot. DJ kicking his legs a little bit. Oh, one, two to the body, back up top one, and definitely throws DJ out of stance and makes him uncomfortable. DJ is uncomfortable on the feet for sure. Nice jab counter there from Horiguchi puts DJ out of stance and long react, long double leg. Uh, Horiguchi stuffs the head and kicks his leg out and defends that one. And he slips that one too from DJ. I, I recall it correctly. Uh, Horiguchi was definitely giving him problems on the feet. <laughs> DJ uh, pivots out of a straight kick there. That's very nice. I like these bad boy shorts for Horiguchi as well. <laughs> I miss them. Miss these shorts. There's not a big body kick. DJ catches this one, catches the leg, transitions to the double on the cage. Big wide stance from Horiguchi. Gets the wizard. Pushing down the head. This is pretty good defense. Now he's framing off in the head. Very nice. Very nice. Now he's back, back up. Out of the double leg. He's got that wizard still. Let's see if he can pummel out of this against the cage. I think he was at ATT at this point, so he definitely learned, learned a lot. But try to circle out to the wizard side. DJ just pushes in. Pins it back to the cage. Horiguchi tries to pummel in. He's got a wizard and underhook here, and he's, he's using a, a knee block to uh, keep DJ from pressure. And DJ tried to redirect and take him down over the knee block, but Horiguchi recovered his base well. Now he creates that distance off that, off that little flurry. And they're back on their feet, back in open stance. Straight kick him there from Horiguchi. That's not going as well for him, but I definitely see the need to mix it up between the straight kicks and the round kicks. 
long lead hook to get uh, DJ backing up. Horiguchi checks the hands, big big feint there, head feint. Horiguchi parries the straight kick from DJ. Showing him the straight counter a little bit against the cage. Oh, tries to circle off the cage, and DJ flurries, uh, hooks, 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 and then to, into the clinch, knee to the body, into the double. Uh, it was tough to deal with. Horiguchi's lateral footwork was pretty good, um, but he was, he was a little too close to the cage. He wasn't giving himself enough room to maneuver well. He had to... Uh, he need to use his uh, his footwork a little more forward with a little more forward motion. You know, come forward, pivot off to get back to the center. Just skating around the outside of the cage is really tough to deal with. The Sony can take you down against the cage. You know, it's a really nice transition from DJ off that flurry. So now Horiguchi sat against the cage. He's got an underhook. DJ keeping good head position, keeping his head pinned to the fence as well, keeping that underneath Horiguchi's head. He's just sitting on his ankles right now, or because he's got, you know, a butterfly guard, but it's hard to use a butterfly guard when your back's completely against the cage. DJ's standing up, trying to get height, trying to sit over his legs. He's going to try to pull his legs back or off to an angle, try to pass and get a more dominant position. Yep, try to step over. And as soon as the, he wasn't sitting on his ankles anymore, Horiguchi stood up. So a good escape. Good escape there by Horiguchi. A little too reliant on DJ trying to pass, but still good. Good reactions there. Oh, and kicked his, his leg out huge there. Uh, very, very nice. So a much lower volume fight on the feet than the Benavidez fights, but Horiguchi doing really effective work and giving him a lot of trouble. Oh, big lead hook into a knee. Nailed him in the body there, it looked like. Did Horiguchi, and there's a straight counter that, that hit DJ. Horiguchi is winning the fight on the feet. <laughs> I, I was not off. I question a lot of my judgment from earlier fights that I've watch that I hadn't seen in a while just because I my technical knowledge is way 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 higher than it was when at most of the time I was an MMA fan but some some instincts you can trust some things you can just see yeah he's doing a great job um he didn't necessarily win the round I think you can still give DJ the round um because it was it was pretty close on the feet and then uh, he did a little bit of work uh in the clinch on him and uh the floor he took him down with was pretty significant um, but obviously takedowns don't score and he didn't actually hit him when he was on the ground. So you could argue that Horiguchi won the round, but it doesn't matter because he gets finished in this fight. You could argue it <laughs> for such a young fighter to be given DJ that level of issues on the feet after the performance he just put on before this uh, is very interesting. But yeah, Benavidez you know, was trying to kick with him, but the range just wasn't there for him. And, you know, the length wasn't there for him. There are a lot of confounding factors that made it difficult to do that. Uh, Horiguchi just much more simply and effectively implementing a very similar game plan. And uh, the speed is actually pretty similar to Horiguchi, uh, given DJ problems with uh, the threat of his explosivity, which is great. Okay, we're getting ready to start round two. Touch gloves, clocks at a... Uh, 57. Okay, she's circling out well. Yeah, now he's uh, getting himself a little bit of forward motion. Oh, get himself a little forward motion off the lateral movement by planting and threatening counters. And uh, using the check hook well to, to cut off DJ when he pressures super hard. Oh, big flurry from Horiguchi that ends with a knee. Oh, he nailed him on that. And uh, DJ tries to react to a shot, and Horiguchi using the wizard well and circling out and squaring his hips back up. That was good defense. 
Yeah, he definitely nailed him there. He is giving DJ serious trouble on the feet and good underhook off the off the double to stand him back up. And his wrestling defense looks pretty good. Turns him off the cage. Now he's pressing the underhook. Oh, yeah, outside trip off the underhook. He takes DJ down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't remember that. He's got the legs bundled. <laughs> wow. He did a great job. He did a really great job. Yeah, Joe Rogan's talking about how on the replay they saw that Horkushi did land the knee. Like he, he's hit him with it every time he's thrown it. Honestly, he's gotten DJ out of position on his leads and uh, is hitting him really <laughs> when he hits the cage or tries to circle out. He's, he's hitting him clean. There's a nice check hook off of DJ's kick there. A little head fake there from Horiguchi. Parries the kick well, circles back to the center. This is great. Parries the kick there. Yeah, just a little too reliant on, on creating a linear distance off DJ's uh, attacks. It makes it much lower percentage to try to get the right reactions to not give up your hips uh, like right there. A decent, decent job trying to check hook and circle out and, and get him away. But if you throw once, you know, with the, with the closing distance of DJ's shot, like you have a very low, small window of opportunity to not get taken down here. Um, that's the issue with fighting pressure, pressure grapplers, is you just out fighting is really not an option unless you're much, much better than them at that, or you can grapple with them and wrestle with them and you can make it a decent strategy where you can still fight them if you get put on the cage, but it's just happening too often. And uh, he gets a little space and tries to build up, but uh, DJ pulls him back down with the legs and now he's sitting on his ankles again. And this time, Horiguchi has a wizard. Rather than underhooks, it's going to be hard to build himself back up and push against that. Good knee the body on the, on the stand-up there attempting to... DJ captures front headlock and pulls him back down when he tries to get up. He's going to circle off to the back here. Now he hits a knee on the break instead. He's staying on him once he gets back to his feet. And there's a nice double again. Takes him down there. Or gets you getting a little tired. Uh, it's just tough to deal with. Out fighting is really hard. Um... <laughs> Even if you're doing a really good job like Horiguchi was, like the person can just keep pressuring you. And then if they get you to throw, they faint, they get you to throw, put you out of position. Uh, and and he can cover so much distance on a shot. So it's really not hard for him to find one little opportunity to get to your legs and just keep keep doing it. Um, because he's he's never gonna get tired. <laughs> he's gonna keep doing it. Good job limping out of that clinch uh, there from Horiguchi. Now he's he's really desperate on the check hook, and it gives DJ another entry, another takedown. Yeah, this this turned this turned pretty quickly. Horiguchi was doing a really great job for about a round and a half, and now uh, now it is different. <laughs> Horiguchi is still building back to his feet; never stops trying. And disengage there. A little more planted. Tries to parry that round kick across. Oh, a nice potty lead and uh, still super explosive despite being a little bit tired. Oh, catches the kick, counter jab there from Horiguchi. Yeah, that body straight lead is unfair. Oh, yeah. Moving straight backward now, straight lines, trying to wing on check hooks, trying to get him off of him. Uh, you'd like to see that that knee used in an intercepting uh, fashion for when DJ tries to pressure. I think that would be good. Um, he's got the underhook cross body here. That's not really going to help him out much. He needs to... Uh, Attack both sides, get his hips out and stand up. DJ sitting his hips forward. Every time DJ tries to, to take him out and, and put his hips in to try to press him, um, to get his, his uh, 
get control there. He, he gives Horiguchi an opportunity to get up. Good straight lead. <laughs> Three punch combination. Puts DJ out of position there for Horiguchi. Catches that kick. Tries to hook off the break. DJ just stays on him. Yeah, Horiguchi not being much of a pocket boxer at this point is really hurting him because he's so uncomfortable when DJ stays in range and isn't scared off. And that's uh, making him throw throw wide up top, and that's giving him all these takedown opportunities. So with regard to pushing your win condition, you know, trying to win, being being hard to beat, uh, the fact that he keeps getting up, the fact that he's still doing effective work on the feet despite getting taken down over and over again. Oh yeah, and he landed big time. And look how he hipped in, uh, expecting the reactive shot. That was that was nice. Um, but yeah, so I think Horiguchi is still definitely readable despite falling apart so quickly. And there aren't that many people in the world, even at this point of his career, that could deal with what Horiguchi is doing. So um, I, it's still still definitely worth a rating. Um, I had it somewhere in the 70s. It, it's definitely not a B win necessarily because Horiguchi just needs more Rincraft and uh, you know, needs to adapt to the Western meta a little bit more. But it's good stuff. It's good stuff for, for how young he is. Um, Pretty wild, in fact. I'm surprised. I remembered him doing well, but it's just it's it's even better. It's even better than I remembered. Have to start round three, I think. Those those felt long. It felt like long rounds. Yeah, round three. Horiguchi trying to counter the straight the kicks there with straights. Kicking the body on the outside himself. Little uh, hip feint. Skip up feint's good for, for Horiguchi. Eats that body kick. Oh, big reactive shot, but good, good, good reactions from Horiguchi in open space. Open space, his wrestling looks great. Matched his levels, got his hands involved, got dug under hooks, squared up with him as he tried to hit the corner. So now Horiguchi is trying to fade back and punch down on him when he pressures in and then hit the, the check hook. That's given him a little more space to see the shot coming. So you see his reactions much better here. DJ didn't get a clean shot in his hips. He's just in on the single. And, oh, good forward pressure on front of headlock to create that distance and pushes him off. See, that's better. That's an improvement. Making an improvement in the fight to better your chance of winning, that's, that's definitely important to your rating. That bumped him up a point or two in my eyes. And then uh, TJ catches the kick there, tries to bring him down from rear standing. Well, suck back there into north south. Now it's transition to side control. Horiguchi tries to spin out, tries to get get his hips flat. And he does. He's a good scrambler, man. He's good. He's good. I might be playing with the idea that, that this could be a B win. Horiguchi uh, was way more prepared for this fight than I thought he was. I'm pretty impressed. Great athlete. Great athlete. Oh, nice knee off the uh, off defense there from, from Horiguchi. Pummeling every dumbbell under hooks right now. He's got one on, on the right side. There we go. Pummels off with it. There's the check hook. And now he's framing off a little bit more. It's still sloppy, the check hook. You see how he got his hands in there. Framed off to create a little more distance. That was a little bit better in that situation. Still not a great look, but made a small improvement. It made a big difference. He's doing a good job parrying uh, DJ's body kicks. 
Now, Corducci's pressuring him a little bit, which is good. DJ just pressuring in low without striking. Still got a reaction out of Corducci because he just feels he's, he's uncomfortable in the pocket. So he, just, he feels he needs to keep this amount of distance. There, yeah, counter kicks there. Good shot set up, but yeah, frames off. And <laughs> look at that. He pivots out, circles out from the kick there. Still decent ring crafts, even while higher, but oh, really leapt in with that lead hook. And uh, DJ got a nice reactive shot off of it. So Horiguchi making some adjustments, kind of learning on the job here and uh, having, a, having a good showing for himself, all things considered. I think uh, context kind of gives him a little more shine just because, you know, he gets a lot better. Um, and he's way too soon. It was way too soon for this fight, even when he did. But, I mean, considering how well he did at this point, you have to think about what this fight would have been in a couple of years when he, when he made all those improvements. Um, even today, even today, I think it's a really good fight. And because it's Ryzen and one, I don't think they've ever done cross promotion, but it, if it happened, that would be the best. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would favor Horiguchi at this point, honestly. I think he's closer to his prime than DJ is. So a little hip bump attempt there from Horiguchi, you know, framing off from the head of his elbow, just trying to prevent him from getting the offense going. What he needs to be doing is swimming that right arm underneath DJ's body and pulling himself out so he can swim, swim out and hip down. That's the, uh, the escape that Benavidez hit. He's just kind of hanging out in this position, trying to get his hips free. But yeah, it's that right arm that's uh, that's screwing it up for Gucci. Got to get underneath DJ's body and push off on his hips to create that space. Because his left arm is underhooked, but he can just uh, it's not it's not that tight. Now he's, he's framing off in the hips a little bit there, trying to regard, but that's the wrong direction really. And go the other way, hip down. DJ trapping that arm now, trying to get crucifix. He's got that. Oh, yeah. Only 20 seconds left, thankfully, but touching him up a little bit there. Hammer fists. Like you could elbow the body with your other arm from that position. As an elbow to the body. All right, so we're going to enter round four pretty soon. I think Horikuchi's, uh pretty pretty beat. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he did a great job. Consider that a lot of our win evaluations are in three-round fights, so uh, it's almost like you give a little bit of bias to, to five-round performances just because they're a little tougher to look good in because you have to have five rounds of cardio. Uh, but it's good. It's good stuff. Watching DJ's career is fun, man. Watching flyweights and uh, bantamweights is always a good time. Uh, I think, I think next one I'm doing is Robert Whitaker, so a little bit of a break from from it. But uh, I'll try to do that 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 bad decisions one soon. Maybe I'll do like um, I'll do like a Torres DJ. I'll do DJ Cejudo too, and maybe I'll do like a Benavidez Cruz too. So a three rounder and two five rounders. That that would be a lot of work for me, but. I'm willing to do it. <laughs> so I can retcon some wins and uh, re-attribute re some, some points, give some people some more shine that deserve it. 
because like the whole knock on Ben Beat is like, oh, I never beat the elite guy, I never beat the guy. But he did. <laughs> he did. He beat Cruz. And Cruz was good. That was that was as close to pretty close to prime prime Cruz there. Good counter there, straight counter from Horiguchi. We're at four forty one of uh, round four. Just that open side body kick for Horiguchi. Yeah, those 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 big wide punches. That's what gets Horiguchi into trouble. He should honestly just not hook. <laughs> uh, catches the kick. TJ tries to shoot off the break and a good uh, down block from Horiguchi. Pressuring him. A lot of feints there. Hits him off the feints and uh, Horiguchi. Uh, Screwed up there a little bit. TJ got to rear standing, got to that body lock, and Horiguchi was hesitant with his wizard. He thought he was just going to circle out without it because the wizard kind of locks down the positions. If you think you can spin out and face him, maybe you don't do it, but he he thought about it then didn't do it, and he was just indecisive and comes from inexperience. Got underhooks against the cage now, so he's doing all right. Can't circle out to the open side. Yep, and he escapes. There's a good entry again from TJ. Gets the single. Horiguchi trying to pull him up with the guillotine and does so and gets his underhook and creates separation again. Very nice. And huge reactive shot under the jab. Uh, Horiguchi quad pods and uh, DJ gets a uh, rear standing. I think Horiguchi trained freestyle a lot, uh, not like as a competitor, but probably in Japan, like at Crazy B. His, his experience might have been a lot of freestyle because just based on the quad pod defense, um, <laughs> that, that's an instinct you get from training freestyle. Um, although Katie Yamamoto, uh, wrestled in Arizona in high school, and I think he won a bunch of state titles, so I'm not sure. But whoever his training partners are probably taught him that. Uh, he tries to uh, kick over, but didn't have any sort of grip. That was uh, tired. <laughs> tired wrestling. And DJ hitting that knee to the body off, off these situations. This has been one of my favorite looks in this fight. He does it when he hips in, too, when he tries to cover that, like that leg mount position. He tries to climb up and hit in to cover and sit, sit to mount. Uh, on the way up, he hits that that needs the body there too. Horiguchi gets like kicked out there a little bit. Still hitting a nice, nice counter there, nice long right right hand counter. His nose is all bloody. He's trying to follow him with his hands, trying to get a hold of DJ, get him in place so he can hit him hard. <laughs> so he's adjusting his style based on being tired. He's not just doing the same things tiredly. He's uh he's he's trying to uh. Make some improvements there. Oh, nice cross face off the single, off the reactive shot. He's doing a decent job adjusting to these takedowns, even while being dead tired. He's got good instincts. I think he's probably pretty heavy because DJ's not able to move him as much off these takedowns. He's got the outside trip. Turns him around with it. That was nice. Still pushing with the underhook. He's fighting pretty well tired. I think the understanding of this fight popularly is that like DJ was playing with him, and that's how he's able to get that last-minute finish. And maybe so. Maybe he didn't really care about holding positions was trying to get the work in because he didn't once Horkuchi got tired, he didn't feel that threatened anymore and just wanted to keep keep the fight moving and keep making him tired and make a big push at the end. But uh I don't know. I think I think Horkuchi was actually in this actually kind of competitive. He wasn't winning rounds, but I think it was he was in the fight. He was still giving himself opportunities to win. Uh, I think that's a, an incorrect narrative. Oh nice, nice uh, straight counter there and catches front head off the reactive shot there. He's getting what he wants. He's keeping the fight in the feet. He's getting up from the takedowns. He's landing strikes in the feet. He's doing a good job. You, you mythologize fighters sometimes and you assume that they can just do whatever they want. And people like thought that a lot about Anderson Silva, but like I, I think honestly that Horkushi gave him a hard time and 
he was having success with what he was able to have success with. The good long right, good catches the underhooks, turns him around. He's doing a good job in this round. There's the outside trip again, and he's got rear standing. DJ fighting the hands. Threatening him offensively with his grappling in the fourth round. He's got rear standing here. He is the back of the legs. Um, but yeah, it, I don't think it's the case. I, I think DJ was having success with certain things, and that's why he was able to take him down over and over again, but he was having a hard time holding him down. I think he accepted that there are some things I'm going to be able to do to him and some things I'm not, and I just need to keep working. And Horiguchi kept adjusting. Oh, almost got the trip off there and good hits from DJ. Um, trying to take DJ down has been pretty smart from him, and you know, he did do it at one point. Good stuff. Impressive. Ten seconds left in the fourth round. Yeah, good work. Good work from Horiguchi. Really impressive. All things considered. TJ is like, damn, man. <laughs> I think the arm bar was kind of the thing was like, oh, there's only a few seconds left in the round. I can totally give up position. And he just ended up getting it. Uh, he probably knew he could get it, but you don't take the risk until it's certain that you're not going to be given up position at the end of a, uh, with a lot of time left in a round. Especially against someone big who clearly has some level of offensive grappling. But yeah, it's interesting. I definitely think that uh, I'm. I'm not reevaluating my take because my take was that Horiguchi did a good job in this fight and gave DJ problems on the feet. But I kind of thought that like it didn't last that long. And then DJ was just playing with him for a couple of rounds before he finished him. But that was one of Horiguchi's best rounds, round four. Um, he did a good job there. So I think uh, I think you can go around telling people the truth. You can spread the word that Horiguchi actually gave DJ a really tough fight the whole time. Um, even if this round is really poor for him, he, he did a good job. So that's my take. <laughs> and I'm definitely boosting his rating because I definitely underrated him. I'll have to see what exactly I said before this, but two or three points at least. I mean, come on. It's crazy. Oh, gets bless him on the single there. Yeah, TJ coming out hot. And Horiguchi attacking a triangle, that's a bad idea. He's just working it up, and he's uh, holding what he thinks is rubber guard, but I don't think it's really anything. Got a half butterfly here. Yeah, DJ just passes over, folds over to the, that side, gets his hips over. Horiguchi holding an inverted triangle. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Why not try it? Punches in the little window there, that was nice. So here's that side control position again he was having a hard time with. Definitely one of his worst positions. So yeah, he doesn't know that ghost escape. He doesn't know that uh, the arm spin escape. Yeah, with the arm spin escape, if you get that right arm underneath the body, when you spin out, you can use both hands to throw that, uh, that controlling arm over your shoulder. Yeah, DJ's kind of floating him now. Horiguchi flat gets back to his knees. Gets bottom front headlock, starts to build up to his feet. DJ's waiting to knee him, I feel like. Knee in the shoulders a little bit. Nice, go behind. Got the seatbelt grip. Got one hook over. Horiguchi just trying to keep his butt to the, to the fence. DJ attacking the RNC and Horikushi stands up and now turns out and gets up. Nice. There's the check hook. 
Yeah, the shot clock got a little tighter later in the fight, which is funny. I think it was like nervous energy, uh, freaking out a little bit at the wrestling, getting more desperate. His single leg defense is worse than his double leg defense. That's what I'm seeing here because he's grabbing the head a lot more. I, I took it back because earlier in the fight, he was actually cross-facing. And then uh, once once he got the head off from the cross-face, he was stuffing it once it was inside. Um, I think it's just a tired thing because it's just easier to just grab the head than, than to do the right defense. Um but you can tell because earlier in the fight, he was doing the correct defense. Um, it's just, you know, fatigue breaks down your, your instincts. Get a little sloppier. Try to cheat things. Yeah, at this point, Horkuchi just holding the guillotine. He's pretty tired. Oh, going for the Kimura. He rolls through. Wow, he's very strong. Attacks a single. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I don't think DJ is that interested in pushing the issue in these positions of getting control. He knows he can take him down again at this point. He's, he's positive he can get him. Um, yeah, I think all the way up to this round, it was legitimately a competitive fight. In this round, I think DJ knew he had him, that he could basically take him down at will. And there he's got that leg mount. He's got the uh, got the uh, grapevines in. And Torkuchi still gets his butt back. That's nice. Gets out to the side, hugging that body lock. Try to get rear standing if he stands up, but squares back in. He's pulling away that post. Transition to the double. Puts him in the same exact position. Floating over the butterfly hooks. Big step over, nice back step into side control. Yeah, just keeping the transitions going, just making Horikuchi move. Uh, he could hold a lot of these positions, but I think he's uh, actively trying to get Horikuchi to react and make him do things to try to set up his offense to try to get the finish. Because if someone just sits there and tries to be defensive, it's actually very hard to do things to them. <laughs> so you want someone resisting and oh, oh, huge knee to the body off that break. You want people trying to resist you and, and trying to transition and trying to escape. Huge knee off the break there again. Horiguchi. Shit, didn't, didn't have the juice to hit that counter. He definitely saw it. And there's just some, he didn't have anything there. Just DJ full full steam ahead, reactive shot. Uh, pulling him back with the, uh, the arm bar, switching over to the crucifix. Got him side control again. Got that arm trapped. So he's going to get height and uh, spin around and attack that right arm of Horiguchi, I believe. Yeah, yep. He's going to try to turn up. Oh, wow. He comes over the other way. That wasn't the direction I was expecting him to go. And I was expecting him to come around toward the head. He got to mount and sat through to S mount all the way through and did the full transition. That's pretty crazy. So what I meant was when he was here, I thought he was going to get his hips up and give Horgoshi room uh, and circle towards the head and spin all the way around. What is that? Counterclockwise? Yeah, counterclockwise uh, to, to get to that arm and then and then come around that way. He, uh, he, he knee slid into mount and just hit it immediately. See that? Climbed up and went, and went to it that way. Very nice. Yeah, I think, um, I think at that point, in the fight, yes, yes, he was playing with Horiguchi at that point.
but I mean, it's just the way the fight went, just the way he broke down after uh, TJ got his offense. Like other other fighters of other styles, they you know at that point in the fight when they have their win condition basically sealed, they knock you out, or you know something else happens. Sometimes the fight ends sooner. Um, so I wouldn't say like people say like oh he was playing with them like that is not a reason that is not an evaluation like you have to watch the whole fight up to that point how we arrived there it wasn't like DJ was winning the entire time it was an inevitability like he was having a hard fight and he had to he had to make some adjustments they both did uh, he was definitely in a fight there so let's take a look at our rating for Horiguchi from that one uh, just off the top oh no you know what I did a good job patting myself on the back I rated Horiguchi in eighty originally and i'm going to stick to that i think that is a solid b uh b minus rather i think he did a good job i've said that a bunch so if you, if you ask me you know my answer um that's my official statement cool that was, that was a nice little performance i'm glad i watched that patting myself on the back again for making a good choice of which fight to watch uh i'm gonna watch one more give me a quick one uh, we're going to watch uh, his first fight against Henry Cejudo and see if there's anything we can derive from that performance from either of them. But it's mostly just going to be for fun, just to uh, watch him knock out Henry Cejudo. That's that's a good time. <laughs> Feels like a good way to cap it off after a couple of five-rounders. Scrolling, scrolling through to the fight starting. Sorry. Okie dokie. We're about to get going. It's at a 1015 on my fight pass video. About to start. They just didn't touch gloves, but they just got to the center. It's a 56 on my clock. Pseudo pressuring. DJ kicking the inside leg. Little jab overhand attempt. From DJ. Pseudo pressure him pretty well. Throwing his lead hand out, kicking the legs. That's good. Counter clinch. Pseudo uh, using the uh, the thigh pry to create some distance there in between their hips. That's a that's a wrestling reaction. Is you know trying to have as much space as possible between your hips. Um, but he's probably fighting the instincts to strike correctly and, and you know his his wrestling instincts to to clinch. Uh, a certain way you see already dj hit that little knee out to the open side and will hook off the break and pseudo tries to hook with him off the break as well and kicks that inside leg again pseudo tries to jab low kick so he's he's definitely saw things that horiguchi and uh, benavidez did well that you need to get dj moving back you need to round attack the way that he's going to exit which is usually towards your power side Me and the legs there, no over-unders. Oh, a nice inside trip from Cejudo off the over-unders. So inside trip, one of my favorites. Uh, we're at 341 in this round. Just going to take a look at it. So they keep switching their lead legs, and uh, Cejudo's looking down. He's looking down at the feet. You can see that. So he's waiting for DJ to step this this foot forward so that their lead legs uh, line up. Uh, so if I'm in like a, you know, there's close stance and open stance in wrestling too. So if I am open stance with somebody from the outside, that opens up my swing single, opens up my snatch single on that side. If I'm close stance with somebody, opens up my high crotch and my double leg. 
if I'm tied up with somebody and our lead legs align, like an open stance situation, that's going to get me my inside trip because I need to be able to hook it with my lead leg. So he's waiting for DJ to step forward. And as soon as he does, uh, you can see he plants that rear leg. Um, basically, there's a couple ways you can do it. I like it where you have your, your wizard and your underhook and you take that step back with your rear leg and you keep your lead foot in, in, in place. Let's actually take a look one more time. Um, never mind. It's going to be too hard. Got to go full speed again. One sec. Okay. So let's look at this again. So it's off that knee. So as soon as he sees him stepping forward, he takes a big step back to plant with his rear leg. And something you can do is not just to do that to, to brace yourself to hit an explosive step forward. You can also pull them back and, and keep that planted. So you're not taking a step back and moving back in place. You're dragging them towards you and you're keeping your lead leg in place. Um, so you're pulling their lead leg closer to yours. So you're taking a step back with your rear leg, but not your lead leg. Um, and that puts them closer into range. So you can see that that's kind of happening here as he's planting with that rear leg to pull him in. And as he's coming in, he's stepping forward. So he's uh, you know, making his stance pretty long, but it works. So he's got the wizard side. It's that inside trip and he's hitting it hard and explosively. And you can also see here he's uh, he's turning his body out towards the trip side. Uh, so basically you're square with someone and as you're tripping them, you're going to rip them. You're going to punch the underhook and pull the wizard. And, and come forward off the trip. And it's a big explosive hard step. You can also see that uh, Suhudo kicked out the ankle. So he didn't just hook the leg and fall forward. He hit it low and he scooped out the ankle as he hit it and fell forward and covered with a double uh, afterward. I'm covering this in such depth because it's the only thing Suhudo does <laughs> successfully in the fight. There you go. So we're at 335 in the round now. So I throw that in there, but breakdown for you. DJ sitting up with a half butterfly and uh, underhooks. Sudo so just kind of holding the legs here, trying to get height, trying to cover the back now. DJ is getting his feet on hips, pushes them off, stands up. Sudo so tried to catch the leg, but didn't have it anymore. Back and close stance on the feet. Nice weave off the straight there from DJ into the clinch and hits that outside. The outside knee to the side. And Sahuda, you can see, keeping his arm across his body. Oh, and his knee up the middle. Yeah, I think that that first knee hurt him. DJ trying to turn off with the bicep ties here. There's that outside knee again from the side. Sahuda's got the underhook, but DJ can pull back on his own here if he wants to. Just don't want to get pushed against the cage, and there he does. Turn out again, push on that bicep, and yep, yeah, oh, knee right under the arm on the break there. There's the elbow off the break. He's keeping tricep control, pulling his arm up and kneeing under the arm. There's the straight off the hand fight. Now they're in the body. Jesus. So something you can see that's happening here in these situations. Let's watch it all. Let's watch it all in slow motion. So watch this side. So watch what DJ is doing with this side. I just unfull screened. He turns him. So when Suhudo reaches up, there's that window. And you could see DJ actually angled his forearm underneath 
Sukudo's tricep. I, I'm not going to go back again, but he's angled his forearm and opened up that window a little bit. So he knew that was going to be there to that side. Nails him right under the ribs. Now switches off to the double collar tie to go up the middle because basically you hit the outside, defense comes out, they come up the middle, hit at the middle, that interplay back and forth. There's the elbow over top, brings the arms up. He's pulling the tricep here, pulling the tricep in, not up. So the more you pull the elbow in, the more you have an, an angle outside again, a window outside to hit that on the outside. You see TJ steps back, hits it again in that open side. And it's still there. So he's, he's still, he felt like he had the same grip. He's like, okay, I'm going to hit it again. And then he hit up the middle on the uh, on the break. And that rocks the Hudo. And Sudo's going to try to parry a hand fight to, to stop him. Going to straight right through the guard. Come forward. I keep on full screen. It's so annoying. Uh, <laughs> and again, Suhudo has, has no real defense here anymore. He's completely loose in the clinch. You can see he's barely trying to recover. There's so much space in between them. And just knee, knee straight up the body to the middle. Almost hit him illegally on the, on the break there. Uh, yeah. If you want to see it one more time in full speed. Yeah, that little move of, of bringing up the elbow uh, underneath the tricep, that was nice. That that really set everything up. Very nice. Good job, DJ. He's good. He's a good fighter. <laughs> so, yeah, um, obviously you can't draw too much from that performance from Cejudo. But if you look at the context of his career, uh, before that fight, he had his USA de debut. It was only his seventh pro fight. It was only his uh, second year as a pro fighter. Uh, he beat Dustin Kimura, who was okay. Um, but Chris Carriasso, also okay. Um, Chico Camus, who actually gave him a pretty tough fight, who I think is actually pretty decent. Uh, beat Formiga, who had gotten a decent amount better at that point. So he, he is relatively untested, honestly, as a striker. Um more of a boxer, didn't really have his clinch striking or you know, kicking that figured out yet. Uh, so he was pretty green, but you know, just considering the type of athlete he was and, and what he was capable of, I think it's still a, a B win territory. But I don't know. Like, do I do you really want to rate that higher than Horiguchi? That's my question, but I don't think it's a big deal either way. They're they're about the same value. I think just Sahudo was more vulnerable uh to DJ's style. Um, like if if Sahudo and Horiguchi fought, I think that would be an interesting fight at that time. So there you have it. I still have DJ as number three all time. Uh, there are other people that are ranked all time in the top five, and I'm not going to tell you about it right now. Uh, you'll have to to inquire and maybe get some more uh, some more videos made. But yeah, that's it. That's resume review. That was a long one. I'm tired. I have more appointments today. I'm not done working, not done talking. So, and I have to record the wrestling podcast. Oh God, I'm gonna die. Okay, so subscribe to the fight set on Patreon. Uh, at least $3, please. That's the minimum, obviously. Um, other tiers would be awesome, too, if you see anything you're interested in. And you can, you don't have to do the same tier every month, too. You could do, like, a one-month redo or request and jump back down to three, take breaks from being a patron, come back and forth, depending on your financial situation. Uh, but if you know, if you don't have the money, just uh, you know, let us know on Twitter. Hype us up on Twitter. Uh, you know, Do something. Just try to help us out, because we, we, need, we need the help. We need the support. This is not a popular niche. Um, but if you think we're doing good work and the work's important, then we definitely want your support. Okay. So again, this is Ed Gallo, you know, hit me up if you want, if you want to talk about anything and, uh, 
the end. Goodbye.